very much. Good afternoon, good evening, good day, and good morning, Blurtsters, wherever you are around the world. You are listening to the New Blurt. We acknowledge the First Nations peoples of this land, the traditional custodians, and pay our respects to their elders past, present, and future. We recognise the ongoing impacts of colonisation and the importance of a voice to Parliament to ensure the sovereignty and self-determination of First Nation peoples is respected and upheld. We commit to working together towards a just and equitable future for all Australians. Good evening. Tonight I'm coming to you from Wurundjeri country, the Kulin Nation of the Wurundjeri people. Sovereignty was never ceded, always has been and always will be Aboriginal land. Look, it's great to have you with uh, us if you are with us live and uh, if you're on the uh, YouTubes or you're listening to us on the body. Also awesome to have you with us. It's uh, about five past eight on a Tuesday night on the 5th of um, September. And it's uh, not particularly balmy. Uh, I'm not sure what the temperature is in here. But my learned friend, Wentzy, can tell me very soon. Good evening, Wentzy. Hello, hello. I can definitely tell you what temperature it is in here because I got one of these for Father's Day. It is 22 degrees in Brisbane, or at least in our room. So, oh, that is hey. a very, very good. Oh, yeah, happy Father's Day for the other yes. day. I, I totally forgot about that. 100%, but um, but I know you got thrown off course a little bit because you just wanted to uh, do your normal beginning, I assume. Yes, I did. Um, I do want to acknowledge that I'm coming to you live from uh, Jagra and Turbul lands, always was, always will be, uh, because uh, sovereignty was never ceded. It, it absolutely wasn't, hasn't been. everyone. Absolutely welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, so yeah, so happy Father's Day, as I said. That is a great present. So what it so is. is it so what is it? Is it just a not a thermometer, but it's a no, it's a barometer as well. So it tells you whether the temperature's changing, the humidity. Oh, wow. So anyone on the pod, it's got uh, 71% humidity, 22 lovely degrees. That's actually not too bad. And it's uh, same time there as it is here for a change. So, yes. um, yeah, no, that's weeks, cool. Yeah, we'll yeah, absolutely. Again. Yes, you will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you're not, you're not just talking in years, are you? With, no, uh, no. With the vote coming up. So, you know. And hopefully not just the voice either. Uh, what do you mean? Speaking mean, of voice, you can you see my little... Oh, or that I bought myself. Uh, yes, no, that's very. You've got a core flute in the a background voting right. a yes, a yes, 20. Well, actually, I did a bit of door knocking this weekend. Um, for the yes campaign. Well, it was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've done a bit, I've, yeah, I've done a bit of phone banking before, but I've never done door knocking before, and um. It was interesting because what's really interesting is so many doors you can't get near. Um, mm, all right. <laughs> we, 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 we are a nation of uh, self-incarceration. Um, yep, the high walls. Be Trump, oh, Trump's uh, uh, dream, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. It, it's phenomenal. It's absolutely phenomenal. So we're, we're going along with the um, uh, the clipboard and, uh, you know, the pen and all the rest of it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and now, obviously, technology. So we're using apps and, you know, you're putting in your, your street name in the app and are they home and what did they say and blah, blah, blah. Most of what I would say is probably 65% of people said four-fifths of fuck all, mainly because <laughs> they weren't home. Ah, oh, damn. So we, we just left... Um, 
we just left, uh, yeah, we just left flyers and information mm. for them. But I've got to be honest, though, the people I did speak to, nearly every one of them, if uh, if they were a yes, they were emphatic yes. Mm-hmm. And if they were a no, I would not know. Right. Because it seemed to me that if they were going to vote no, they didn't want to tell us. Mm. And if they were going to vote yes, they were more than happy to tell us. Yeah. Um, it, it was so interesting. No, no undecided or anything like that? Yeah, no, there was a few undecideds, absolutely. And uh, we said, oh, well, that's absolutely fine. No issue with that at all. If you want some more information, we've got plenty here and uh, there's websites there as well. Um, Mm. Or if, you know, if you're not happy with what we've given you, you can go to ulurastatement.org and that will actually give you the statement. You can read that for yourself as well. And so there were a few people um, that were really interested and wanted to know more. So, you know, if you don't know, Find out. That's absolutely, absolutely. So yes, yeah, so that wasn't it wasn't a bad it wasn't a bad time. We did have one. There was only one. Mm-hmm. Was really only one. Um and this guy was weird. Um mm-hmm. like this lady sorry, it wasn't a lady, it was his daughter. She came to the door and um she was quite cool. She was like, Oh, you know, diddly do, hello, blah blah blah. And he sort of came, this sort of skinny rake of a man sort of came um just uh um careering through from his uh like he couldn't get to the front door fast enough <laughs> and he, he was just like we don't need any we don't need and then shut and i'm like jesus oh, wow. man we're not we're, we're not trying to sell you a cult what no. are you, what are you <laughs> i mean seriously oh, bloody so, oh yeah, that was weird. And I'm in a yeah. super progressive um, electorate in a, mm. the most progressive state in the Australia. So, yeah. you know. Did you have your Yes T-shirt on as well? Oh, of course, others? yeah. Yeah, yeah, the one, yeah. the one that's in the middle. Yep, the black one. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've got yeah. one of those too. Yeah. Um, so, speaking about, of bad, yeah. uh, no, you go. go. Okay. No, no, you... Yeah, all I was going to say was there was about 20, 24 of us in my area that were doing all the streets. And it's been okay. being being done since well basically as soon as they called the election they've been mm. doing every street in my area oh wow yeah, yeah. we haven't had anyone come in yet i don't think not since we've been home not that we would tell we could tell because if we're downstairs working or at the back of the house we won't hear the doorbell ring so people yeah. could could have knocked on ours but but once we get our core flutes up, they won't need to come to us because they'll know we are voting yes. So yes, that's exactly right. Are you yeah. going to put your core flute out, core flute out the front of the house? Correct. Correct. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Well, but um, speaking of um horrible stories, well, yes, yours yours wasn't as horrible, but no, no, um, just weird, just weird. But Elijah, my oldest, um, they were going to the local shops on Saturday. They had their Yes t-shirt on, minding their own business, just walking oh, down the street to come back. And then, and then a young a young man, probably in his early 20s, and mind you, Elijah's only 17, um, as he's walking past, Elijah says, yes. And then just after he passes, Elijah says, go fuck yourself. You're kidding. And, no. No, so this is this is the things that we're dealing with. It's it's no different to um, political uh, campaigns where a lot of people on the 
and I'm going to call them out, the LNP side, because that's what I've noticed they are, will be really aggressive. And it looks yep. like whoever this person is, um, who's totally against the Yes campaign, rather than just disagreeing or being nice, takes out aggression. So this is what yeah. we're up against in this country. No, it's 100% true. I mean, they can they can try to hide behind it as much as they like and bullshit mm. on but and, and say it's division and all this bullshit. Mm. But the fact is that they created the division in mm. the first place. Exactly. That's what, that's what Spud did. Spud mm. did all of this. Everything that's happening is because of Spud. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And, I um, uh, fully endorse that, Vicky. Vicky has said, what an asshole. Eli shouldn't have to deal with that. No one should. No. Exactly right. It's absolutely true. And I saw yeah. something else too, and I don't know don't know if it was in Melbourne or Sydney or whatever, but this poor guy, um, he was doing his own sort of yes campaigning. You know, he just had his um, bag out, all the rest of it, just doing mm. his yes campaigning. And then this guy was just disgraceful. Like, I, I can't even repeat on this program the mm. things that he said to this yeah. guy. He, and he was so violent, so aggressive, just disgraceful. Yeah. How Warren Mundine can associate himself mm. with this uh, just uh, pack of I don't know they they call the the yes um, uh, First Nations um, uh, scholars etc elites well if they're the elites you're the mm. uneducated mm. so you know how they can how they can just allow themselves I mean I understand there's a progressive note and I've heard mm. it and. Um, if I was First Nations, I would actually understand why some people would think about the progressive no. But mm. even even saying that openly, what is there to lose? There's nothing to lose. No, no, it's, can... it's only gain. We, we've got nothing to lose and we've got nothing's going to hurt us. Well, we've, we've got nothing to gain. I mean, as, mm. you know, Anglos of this country... We've got nothing to um, to gain. Oh, no, not sorry, Anglo's, but you know what I mean. Not mm. non-indigenous, non -indigenous. sorry, of this country. We've got nothing to lose, and what we do have to gain is respect from the rest of the world. Mm. We've actually got respect for our First Nations people, yeah, and we've exactly. made it public. So that's right. But uh, but it's not about us; it's about no. them. So yeah. you know. But anyway, um, yeah. but talking about all of that and our different. Um, our different uh, uh, experiences. I thought I might just mention a couple of things. One, because as we know, you're the voice has been taken as the voice, uh, as the advertisement. And the advertisement, and that's your cue, um, Wenty. <laughs> uh, the, the advertisement. The advertisement. We practiced this before the show. Yes, yes, we did. Um, the advertisement is what we're seeing for people on the uh, potty is we've got John Farnham doing You're the Voice in the Background on a very old TV, probably mm. the one that I saw it on the first time, I imagine, uh, back in 86, I think it was, something like that. Mm, yeah. Um, and what I thought I'd do is just something slightly different because I saw this a little while ago on uh, SBS and I just absolutely love it. So... Just bear with me. I'm just going to play a bit of it. But I think, personally, I think this is what they should be putting on the ad, not just you're the voice. But in a way, I understand why they have, mm. because 97% of the people voting are not Indigenous. Mm. But still, 
I think they should be playing this instead. So see what you think. Just wait for a little, little bit. Mm -hmm. It'll pop. That goes now. I love it. Absolutely love it. Can you tell us a bit about who's singing that? Yeah, I can. I can absolutely do that. Um, it is Mitch Tambo. And uh, just bear with me for a second here. Sorry. Uh, Mitch Tambo, um, he's singing the bilingual version of your voice in Gamilarai and English on NITV. Yeah. And Mitch Tambo is obviously a First Nations artist. He's really good and he's got a beautiful voice. And uh, he sings it. I mean, he sings it really, really well in English as well. And I, yeah. as I say, it's a bilingual version. So I will actually put this link in the show notes and people awesome. can have a listen because it, it's a cracker. So mm. I just think that that would have been a cool thing to do. I mean, um, especially from an, an Indigenous point of view. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but when I see this advertisement, um, I do. It brings a tear to my eye. It, it really does. I did when we saw it on Sunday. Oh, wow. Every time I see it, just it choke, I choke up ad. on it every time. Oh, yeah. It is a fantastic ad. And, and it just, you know, just over and over again, it just sort of, I mean, this is what Noel Pearson's talked about. He said mm. the Yes campaign's all about love. Yeah. You know, the No yeah. campaign's not, all not about division. hate. Yeah. yeah. I mean, apart from the progressive no, which is not a bad mm. hate, but yeah. the actual Pauline Hanson no side of things mm. is, the, um, yeah, it's the horrible. The Duttons and, and all the other yeah. people yeah. who oppose it. Yeah, absolutely. Not good. Not no, good. We've got not. three weeks before uh, early, early voting comes in, so there's really a three-week campaign, and then there's the three weeks after that until the actual referendum. So, yeah, yeah it's going to be a tight race, I think. Yeah, look, I th I think it is, but I I, I just oh, I have faith in the Australian people. I just think it will happen. I just I just do. Mm. I think it will. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm too nervous about it. I don't want to think about it yet. Well, if I write off Queensland, that's okay. But we just need if we can get South Australia. I know, oh, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> um. But it's been a lot of Melburnians go up there. I mean, oh, mind you, the top of them, apart from you, the top of Melburnians go up there. They're probably going to vote no. Anyway. Um, yeah. well, we, don't want to, we don't want to upset all the Queenslanders. We've got a loyal <laughs> listener watcher. So <laughs> be careful what you say. <laughs> Look, I know there's some crackers. I know there yeah. is some crackers. There's no doubt. Yes, well, yep, yep. Yep. Vicky says on um, uh, comments that says um, the no campaign is pure racism. Yeah, pretty much it is at the moment. It's all we're hearing uh, from them. Well, as I say, there's two different no's, so you just got to be careful how you mm. how you run with that. And yeah. uh, the the other no is coming from the Black Sovereignty Movement, mm. so I definitely don't want to say that. But um, on some good news, because I think we need some, on mm. some um, and good information, I am just going to play this little thing and then I'll do just a tad of reading. But I'm just going to play. 
Jupiter showed what it really means to take one for the team. She stepped out of her comfort zone and bravely filled in for two injured Belgian teammates on the world stage. Here's CTV's Kevin Gallagher on how she conquered every hurdle in her way. Jolene Bunquo's beaming smile and joyful dance moves showed no sign of nerves. I was just so excited because I saw my coach. He was really he was really smiling as well. One woman that's really going the extra mile to help her team. The 100-meter hurdles are far from the 29-year-old's specialty. <laughs> when I was younger, it was never my favorite event because it was a bit scary for me. Boomquo is the Belgian national champion in hammer throw and shot put, an event she finished seventh in at the European Team Championships in Poland. Jodie Malika Bumquo of Belgium there in lane two. She, she found herself carefully clearing hurdles in a race she stood no chance of winning, all to honor her country. Okay, that's fine. I will just take one for the team. That was my thought. Injuries sidelined the two Belgian hurdlers, so instead of watching her team face disqualification, Bumquo stepped up. It was just uh, like... You only live once, just do it. She won two points for Belgium and the hearts of thousands on social media. Commenters calling it a gold medal for team play, an inspiration. And one simply wrote, love this story. I really like it that people pick, uh, people are picking it up, that this is about team playership, uh, team spirits. While Bumquo enjoyed her race down the track, she has her eyes on qualifying for the Olympics next year in a sport more her speed. Kevin Gallagher, CTV News, Ottawa. So, World Championship hammer thrower. And, Doing the uh, hurdles. Yeah, it is. Isn't that awesome? Oh, just fantastic. Just so that her team... Than if I did. Wow. She had to be so <laughs> careful not to hurt herself, though, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah she had to be so point. careful not to hurt herself. Yeah, big, big time because of what she does. She could obviously mm. – that's why she slowed down so much when she got to the hurdle. So she ended up doing yeah. them in the um, 32.81 seconds. Uh, wow. That was 19 <laughs> seconds after the winner came in. <laughs> <laughs> More than double. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. So I thought that was good. I thought that was good. Uh, talking, talking about funny, um, yes, I hear yes, we've, yes. we've – um, uh, we've lost our, our CEO for Qantas. Oh, yes, because that's our um, – that our is other our... title, show title. Yes, right it is. Joyce is Joyce, and what about the voice? Well, we've done the yeah, voice, so we, yeah, and here comes the Joyce. Voice. There we go. So oh, I think I can do – yeah, I was going to say, I think we could do slightly better than that. Absolutely. Yes. So, yes, yes, yes. So yes. big news this week. He's left early, two months early. Is it two months? Yes, yes, and um, I think he gets twenty-four million dollars for leaving. Oh, just, 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 just a small twenty-four mil. Pocket oh, change wow. for CEOs, yeah. really. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> uh, it's crazy, um... isn't it? And you wonder why they're so hated, Qantas. I'm sure they're a good well, airline. Not that I fly with them, but. They made, I think they made something like 1.7 billion profit this year or something like that. And I believe that um, um, Scummo gave them 1 billion. Yeah, yeah, with um, COVID. COVID payments. Payouts, but... 
and and That's of right. course old uh, old Joyce is not going to give any of that back. So um, no. oh, oh no, we we made a profit. We made a profit. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Admittedly, but, yes, um, they did lose ninety percent of um, revenue during the COVID year or so, but um, and it was the same for well, most the, airlines. The, but there's only so many flights that you can't have that other people pay for. Mm, yes, true. Apparently, apparently, it was eight thousand flights or, or or something that were never eventuated, but they were paid for. Yeah, and then unsold or something as well. How does that really... occur? I didn't. I, do we have a regulator in this country? What the hell's going on? <laughs> Self-regulated, uh, so that's all yes, fine. It's all well, fine. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, I don't know, but. Uh, do you have any more on, on that? I've got a tad on some stuff that you may be interested in if you don't. About about Qantas? No. No. Okay. We're done, we're done with Qantas. We don't want to inflate his right. ego anymore. Qantas. Okay. No, we're yeah, done. Go for it. True. It's all over, over to you, so buddy. We'll go back. We'll go back to where we were. We'll get the yes That's back right. up. Yeah. So what I was going to talk about is yes, 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 yes. Is that they've done a little bit of a expose on the mm. um, the three hamburgers to see how they stack up. <laughs> yeah. No bun intended. Uh, <laughs> um, no bun intended. <laughs> very good. Oh, he's that on was fire. Very good. Oh, he's what on a zinger! I like that. Ah, oh, that's just seriously zinger. Seriously, I'm here that all night just... and all week. Yes. Yeah, you are. That's for your zinger. That's for your zinger. Um, Okay. So, yes, and we actually do have a zinger. And I've got to tell you, I don't mind a zinger. A KFC zinger. I don't mind one of those babies. Evil. I don't have them very often at all. In fact, I can't tell you the last time I ever had one. But I don't mind them. So they did a bit of a test on McDonald's Big Mac, the KFC Mm -hmm. zinger, and Hungry Jack's Whopper. To see, so this is a visual medium, this particular one, to see what the differences are between the actual burger mm-hmm. and what they show you. Right. And then are they we give supposed you to be seeing something on the screen? No, not no? yet, okay, but you good. will in a minute. Okay. okay. No, no, you will in a minute. There you go. Ah, uh, there we go. So the reality is on uh... the right. Which is a hundred percent true. That is one. <laughs> that I believe. True. That's what I yes. remember. What they look like, probably even worse yes. than that sometimes. But yes. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. And they were given one point four, so five out of four. Every element feels a bit grey. The Big Mac looks messy, especially when trying to hold the thing up to your mouth. Unfortunately, it's not the double decker burger of my dreams. No, it is not. Now the next one is the singer. <laughs> It's uh, here we go. I I gotta be honest. I've seen better zingers than the one that they're showing here. I think it's mm. not fair on the zinger there. But um, oh god, that's terrible. Yeah, it's not good. Uh, for those uh, I agree. listening, it's not good. pretty much a flat burger, or the bread's yeah. just gone really yeah. horrible, pale. It's just yeah, no, it yeah. doesn't look great. No, it's true. No. Um, the overall was a tad sloppy. The zinger has color and structure. I was anticipating it doesn't blow me away, but it doesn't disappoint me either. So okay. that's two two out of four for that one. <laughs> um, now, the last one, be uh, 
Yeah, the last one. Let's have a look. I need one of these for the last one. Here we go. Is this one? Oh, gross. <laughs> uh, I'm glad I didn't eat dinner just now. No, that seriously, that's... <laughs> i got to be honest, though. I've had a Whopper in the past, and they mm. looked better than the one on the right. I, yeah, know, She must be going to some terrible stores. I mean, yeah. seriously. Is that here in Australia or in America? No, this is here. This is here. This is here. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I did hear a story during the week where someone in America, they've taken... One of the big burger joints, I can't remember if it was, oh, it was Burger King. Um, they took him to court for um, false advertising or whatever it was because, yeah, they don't represent um, the true burger, what you see in the ads. Oh, well, gee yeah. whiz, there'd be a lot of that happening. Mm. Um... Yeah, so not surprised. Surprised it's taken this long for them to... Um, uh, to take action in the courts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> Sorry, Absolutely. Vicky says, I'm really glad I don't eat takeaway burgers looking at all of those. <laughs> yes. Well, well, the one thing I will say, Vicky, with that is that uh, you can get some fantastic burgers from independent places. Like, I, I, I haven't I haven't had one for a long time, but you can. It, but even Grilled, Grilled actually does really good burgers and they do yeah. really good like uh fake meat ones really good oh yeah yeah plant-based ones yeah. yeah yeah they're really nice I, mm. yeah I'll, I'll be a big shout out to grilled if they want to sponsor the show that's absolutely fine <laughs> um so um so i would choose the whopper out of all three of these burgers because it looks the most alive though the bun and patty are both flatter than what is pictured on the menu the colors of each element are vibrant it feels like I'm holding a real burger. Well, you know. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. I'm not sure. I don't know. I'm not sure about that. But um, but with that, I think that uh, brings us to a major part of the show tonight. Oh, yes. Fair yeah. enough. Okay. Um, yeah. Vicky says, is... yeah, I mean the big fast food chains, to be clear. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, so we have got a, a fantastic interview lined up um, after this. And then pretty much after that, we'll uh, close up the show. But it's a fantastic recorded interview with Maria Taflaga um, a few weeks ago. And uh, we thought we'd show it tonight. Um, she's a political scientist from Australian National University. Um, she is very good in political history as well. So uh, it's just a really good conversation. Um, just before we do that, we'll just have a couple of breaks and then um, we'll bring on the interview, won't you? Mm, looking forward to it. When you give blood, you're more than just a blood donor. You're the lifeblood of Australia. Search Give Blood and book your donation with Australian Red Cross Lifeblood today. Give life. Give blood. The Australia Institute produces high-quality research that has real-world impact, whether it's revealing the $10.3 billion in fossil fuel subsidies provided by federal and state governments last year, or our long-standing research advocating for a federal anti-corruption commission with real teeth, we change minds. To donate, head on over to australiainstitute.org.au. 
As the thing says, what on politics? Let's get ready to rumble! Yay! Good evening, Maria. Um, how are you going? I'm very well, and how are you? Hi, Maria. Hello, Wendy. Yeah, no, look, doing really well over here, but uh, really interested in quite a few things that I think you may be across. Um, uh, what we were talking about, I think, last time when you were on, we were, we were talking about the voice. We're still sort of talking about the voice to Parliament. Um, I know the polls aren't looking as good as people like us who are yes voters on this uh, potty would want them to be, but um, are you sort of getting any uh, feeling from a political a standpoint of where we might end up and um, where it needs to go from here, sort of thing. Oh yeah, okay. So yeah, no, the polls, the polls aren't looking encouraging. Um, I think the the last polls I really looked at closely were the ones done by Essential, mm-hmm. uh, which was I think about two weeks ago, and um, they also coupled it with a, a qualitative component. Um, so that was quite quite an interesting exercise, and those were sort of showing that. Um, the hard no's were sitting around 38% and the hard yeses were sitting around 31 and that there was um, uh, about 10% of people who were undecided and the rest sort of fell into a, a soft or high, uh, sorry, a soft yes or no. Yeah. So that that's actually not, that's not good. Um, and I think Victoria is the only state that is sort of consistently recording a yes vote. So this is a big decline from uh, last year where, uh, a majority around of around 65% of Australians were uh, interested in, in favour, sorry, of, of a yes position. Um, however, uh, what was some of the kind of interesting out of some of those qualitative results out of the essential report was that um, the, the biggest gains were probably to be made amongst progressive no's. Um, so it's quite difficult to persuade voters who have a fixed view that the voice is dangerous, um, that it's not, but you might be more successful in persuading people who don't think the voice will be effective, that it can be effective. Um, so, uh, look, I also do think that there is still um, a fair amount of time to go uh, in this process and the campaign itself might be quite critical in the sense that a lot of people are not engaged with this topic at all because it is uh, just like most like I mean one of the problems with the the voice campaign um, and it's a structural issue is that um, unlike uh, gay Australians um, there are just fewer Indigenous people people just know or are less far less likely to know an indigenous person. No, um, that's a, so true. A gay person, right? And so that sort of humanizing dimension yeah. um, is not yeah. kind of there at the same level. And there's, uh, you know, decades of really ugly rhetoric around indigenous Australians, and that's kind of what we're seeing being turbocharged in the sort of um, subterranean. Um, and not even subterranean kind of campaign for no, right? You know, no, it's pretty overt now, isn't it? So. It is. Yeah, it is. yeah. And I, I saw just yesterday that Meta has basically said that, like, all of these horrible, racist memes and jokes that are being circulated on Facebook meet their community standards, right? And, <laughs> and yeah, exactly. Wow. I mean, I mean, one of these memes was terrible. It was like your land 
and there was a picture of an Indigenous man as like liquor land. Like, you know, like that's just racist. Oh, seriously? Yeah, oh. yeah, exactly. And But that met community standards according to um, Meta, which runs Facebook and, and yeah. Instagram. Um, yeah, so, yeah, you know, like this is um, this is a really difficult asymmetric kind of problem. Um, and, um, and whilst like the Yes campaign does have um like uh, i think it's now 25,000 volunteers um on the ground and the ground game i'm sure will be really important um they actually need more than that like that's sort of what an election campaign does so you know i guess you know if you are concerned about where the voice is tracking go go on the website and volunteer you know if you if you don't have time to volunteer give money they they clearly i think they are behind in their in, in what they need for their uh, fundraising. Um, right. So um, uh, don't be a bystander, basically. Yeah, exactly. I'm, no, I'm, well, I'm a bit concerned with people who are disinterested because I was actually talking to a colleague last night and we got onto the topic of the yes and no vote and he hasn't even thought about it. So he yeah. doesn't know which way to go yet. Um, Did you so explain to him which way to go? I didn't want to push him on which way I told him my my view but I told him that I will give him some information so he can make an informed decision because I don't want to push it on him no, and no it's I think really that's fair up enough. To him. Um, but yeah I'm, I'm hoping that once I give him the info he'll he'll start considering it and then obviously word spreads and he'll start talking to other people so I think they're the people that we need to target as well, well, well that's right well, back to Back to what you were saying, Maria. I mean, I just volunteered, uh, I think it was only a week ago, and I'm going to volunteer again this weekend. And um, the thing that I really noticed was exactly as you said, lack of engagement, like the amount of people mm. that I spoke to that didn't even know what the voice was. And and it's sort of, I suppose it sort of shines a light on the echo chamber to a certain extent that we must live in because I, I just, I really was just completely um flabbergasted that I understand they might not know which way they want to vote or whatever I was just so surprised at how many people didn't even know about it hadn't even heard about it yeah 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 I mean on one level that is surprising but on another it's it's not and it is also why this data is likely to be quite noisy right and also, I mean, a lot of these state-based polls are based off pretty small numbers as well. Mm. So, yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't say it's time to give up hope, but I guess, you know, if you feel passionately about this, then, yeah, you should you should, you should volunteer because it's, um, you know, um, like, I mean, we know from the literature that um, seeing members of the community, ordinary members of the community, mm. supporting something it is really actually quite persuasive for people mm. who... Um, you know, not necessarily aware of what the issue kind of is and who kind of need information um, to sort of help them to work out what to do. And, and I mean, like, given the particularly ugly um, public commentary mm -hmm. and that explicitly racist commentary that has come out from the CPAC conference, um, you know, like that, that, that has, that will have an impact for certain demographics but look the data is pretty clear as well like the older older the older you are the less likely you are to be supportive of the voice and that might be because of inherent conservatism or it might be as the result of you know long-standing attitudes you know i don't actually have the data to sort of um say but yeah i mean it is it is actually like a fairly abstract 
concept, right? Um, the voice. Um, it is a constitutional question. We haven't really, we haven't been talking about our constitution apart from, was it uh, section 44? Yeah. Um, apart from section 44, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, whether well, you're 20... a, a national law. A national, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I've effectively have not been having discussions around the constitution uh, for 25 years, whereas, mm. you know, I mean, referendums were put, like, you know, before the Republic referendum, I think nearly every prime minister had lost a referendum on tra- trying to yeah. change the constitution, yeah. except for perhaps Keating. I don't, I don't think he ever put one yeah, forward. Okay. But, you know, that, that's not uncommon. Um, and, and it is also an issue around Indigenous affairs. And, and a lot of people, you know, for a lot of people, that is, not, that is just nowhere near their everyday lives. No, no, that is true. And and maybe we should bring back um, uh, learning about the constitution in high school or, or primary school. Cause I'm pretty sure it's there. I'm sure it's I, just, I learned you know... a little bit about it when I was in primary school or high school yeah. back yeah. in the day. But I don't think my kids have ever come across that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I'd, be, I'd be surprised if they didn't learn something about it, you know, like, I mean, mm. don't they have to study Federation or, or, or something like that? No, um, no, I don't think they do. No, they don't? don't? I don't no, I don't think, think so. Do. They're ages. My, my, yeah, I know. I know. We grieve. We totally <laughs> my, my, my daughter's uh, 20 years old and she came to me the other day and she needed, you know, wanted me to explain the voice to her. Yeah. And, you know, and we, we talk about it openly all the time with my partner and myself etc and and we sort of know the nuances behind it and we've you know we've read a lot of history as well etc etc and so well like we've got a 20 year old that's still asking us and i'm like what did you as you just said what what did you learn i mean why are you not hearing this at university what the hell is going on Um, yeah well well, yeah i mean i mean uh, some of that might be related to to what degree program you're doing but you know i mean that actually is an issue for universities like um like most australian universities are trying to actively respond to including indigenous knowledges in mm-hmm. their curricula right yeah, um yeah. but you know like um on one level there's simply a labor shortage um and so actually what it requires is actually what it requires of all of us is to actually do some reading and to spend some time and to invest some energy in in kind of learning about this issue and you know like look the strength of the voice proposal is um, probably not a help in some ways for the campaign like the fact that the voice proposal is actually kind of um it has the voice proposal is modest, right? Like, you know, um, essentially, yeah. yeah, yeah. But it has like a lot of great Australian innovations. It has a lot of radical potential because, you know, it's ultimately grounded in what a parliament may choose to conceive of a voice and what to do with a voice. And it's entirely conceivable that in a century's time, the voice to parliament might be something that we could not imagine and could be something quite profound or or, or Mm. radically kind of powerful, or it could remain what effectively it is envisaged of right now as Mm. a permanent committee that cannot be shut down when it starts saying things the government doesn't want to hear. And importantly, it's it's a voice to parliament and the executive, whereas at the moment, you know, all of those Senate committees are voices to parliament and government's do routinely ignore those voices but you know like that's true but also there are many things that have changed as a result of parliamentary 
committees and parliamentary voice and parliamentary scrutiny, you know, like I guess for those people out there who are skeptical about whether or not the voice can kind of do anything, like uh, it's the same for parliament, right? Like people don't always think parliament is very effective or the committee system is very effective. Mm. But imagine what the place would be like without them, you know? Yeah. Um, oh, it's and- just the anarchy. Well, yeah, and and, and 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 a lot of corruption. To, like to be yeah. frank, you know, the, yeah. the Senate, the the Senate, and the rise of the committee system has actually really altered the way government works and has made it more responsive and more accountable. Even if the executive is always looking for ways to not Get have around to it. engage, yeah, 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 you know, but it's about creating that tension. And one of the problems around Indigenous voices in the past is that they have been sort of subject to the like the whims of of political elites and political actors um and this actually by grounding it in parliament that's a far more pluralistic set of actors who decide on what the voice has to look like right um and so it's actually far less likely that it can be narrowed in a way that is unhelpful. It's a permanent accountability function. It's a group of people who are actually representatives and delegates of a particular constituency that really has particular pressing needs. And they don't have to actually weigh that against other um Act, like, sorry, I'm, I'm being a bit, a bit oblique. But, you know, like there's this argument, like we've got all these Indigenous politicians in the parliament, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. true. Well, yeah. But they, yeah. they, ha- they have to be responsive to a political party as well. They have mm. to operate within that set of institutional parameters, whereas someone elected under the aegis of the voice yes. is there to do one job, and that is yeah, to well, represent yeah. their, their community. communities without exactly right. worrying about the Labor Party yeah. or the Liberal yeah. Party or the Greens yeah. or, or whatever. The Senate, and that, the, yeah. Exactly, and that's powerful, you know. Um, well, that's why yeah. when people say that, you know, this is a political de- decision, I always say, no, it's not. It's a social issue. It's got nothing to mm. do with politics. I mean, the only one, the only reason it does is because Dutton turned it into a political issue because he thinks this is his way of getting back in. That's all this is. He's using 3% of the community to try to get elected in 2025 or whatever it is. Yeah, I mean, I think there was that re- the reporting a few weeks ago um, from Phil Corey, which sort of, um, which was actually pretty brutal in in in, um in its statement you know that that um that this is their this is how they think they can i guess weaken the prime minister uh to sort of launch their re-election campaign um and Mm. i mean if we think about the context in which this decision was made like um actually let's take one step back further like I don't think when Albanese announced that he would be pursuing the voice mm. on election night that he actually envisaged that the coalition would be a no and would mm. be a hard and obstructionist and damaging Disin- no. Disinformed, mm. misinformed. Yeah, that's right. A- actively, actively. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of the right word, but, you know, actively. I mean, they're basically making stuff up every week. Um, yeah. Whatever yeah, the word that is, I can't think of the right yeah. word. Um Bullshit. Okay. <laughs> I don't think that's a technical term, though. You know, right? no. so um, you know. we 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 fact we fact checked both pamphlets on this show a few yeah. weeks ago, and I had a fantastic little uh, sting that uh, from a little four year old that uh, said bullshit, which was really good actually, and um, <laughs> it uh, it came up a that lot of times. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I mean, I guess that's again another one of the sort of structural kind of issues. But if we, if we recall about like when the uh the coalition basically moved to the no camp, it was, it was kind of right after the Aston by election, like it's a couple of days. So, oh, yeah. you know, Ooh. like it's, I mean, it's, it's, it, look, it's not clear exactly which way, um. Uh, Dutton and his shadow cabinet would have uh, gone, but before the Aston by-election, it, it looked more fluid, and it looked it looked far more likely that they they would just be a uh, an unhelpful yes or a lukewarm yes. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. The fact that they have gone no has bound like you know most of the moderates that actually remain in the Liberal Party, like a lot of them are Ooh. actually in the shadow cabinet because yeah. there are so few of them. So it's yeah. really only like. Uh, Julian Lisa, who quit, Richard mm, Arthur, yeah. and and Andrew Bragg, um, yeah. who who are out there actually um, putting forward a, a liberal case for yeah, you know, yeah, and and uh, that what would have been a big difference to the dynamic, you know. Oh, it's 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 phenomenal. I mean, I, we could we could get on to why Bridget Archer is even in that party and not running as a dependent, but we don't have time to do that. Um, <laughs> I wanted I wanted to just come back because you mentioned before you talked about uh, CPAC Australia, and I'm not sure if all the a uh, listener would know what CPAC Australia. I just wanted maybe if you could give us a bit of an idea of what what that is and why that has anything to do with the voice or our parliament. Yeah, so so from what I understand, CPAC is um, initially originally an American um, uh, a, a political conference organization started in the seventies, um, and and has sort of um, been one of the ways that the conservative Democratic Union, which is um, kind of like. Um, you know how there's the ILO, the International Labour Organization, and lots oh, of yeah. laborist parties are attached to that, right? And they yeah. basically adv- adv- advocate for workers and unions and, and all of that worldwide. So the, yeah. the Conservative Democratic Union is sort of the equivalent of that. It's just that it has, I would say, less infrastructure because um, uh, right-wing interests are not kind of uh, formalized in the same way that left-wing interests are via unions, right? Mm, like there's just yeah, not okay. exactly, there's no, the, not equivalent of the labor movement um, yep. as, as kind of constituted by unions. So it's basically sort of like an ideas sharing forum and, you know, a networking thing. And there's lots of these kinds of things that that exist around the world some of them are really benign like so for example like commonwealth parliamentarians have an association they go along and they share ideas about being ex-british colonies with british westminster style parliaments and all of that kind of stuff and so you know this is one of those kinds of um, vehicles and i think cpac in australia has only been operating for i don't know five or six years um but um it's sort of like a well, it's kind of like a it's basically like a political conference and and it's there to kind of garner um attention and so it's not surprising actually that mm. there's always controversial statements made that are um you know um almost certainly there to attach uh, to attract media attention and to and to spark outrage uh which mm. they have done so successfully um again um you they, know. Yeah. they have they have indeed yeah. we'll get onto that in a in a second maria but what i was going to say is the timeline's wonderful isn't it um you said five or six years and that would put us pretty close to when trump started as president yeah so, that's good point. yeah yeah i mean i don't actually i don't actually know enough about the origins of this to know if um like if it is a direct kind of um, thing, but um, you know, um, uh, uh, it's not unusual for um, 
for like I guess Americans to sponsor uh, political um, affiliates um, around the world. They might do that in mm. many different ways. One might be yep. through conferences like this. Other might yep. be through basically organizing like political um technique exchanges that kind mm. of, of of stuff i mean it might kind of interest you to know that um in general australians are seen as really great campaigners in the uk um and a lot of australians will go to the uk to to basically teach uh the british more about campaigning they obviously get a lot from the us and and the reason for that is is that we just have so many more elections than they do like oh, we have two-year right. terms, we have state governments. The US is the same; they have two-year terms and six-year terms and fifty different um, state oh, legislatures, yeah, right? Yeah, and U so it's just, just the innovation, yeah. right? Whereas yeah, in the UK, yeah. they have those council elections and they have national elections, and they're like every five years. And that's like it. The practice, oh, right. yeah. Well, yeah. well, well look, no idea. Yeah. Yeah. they really are. I mean, they really are conservative um, in England. I mean, conservative is the is the right term, but you can't really use that for. I mean, it's called the political. A conservative uh, political action comment. There's nothing conservative at all um, about these guys. They're so completely right wing. I mean, I think some of the people that turned up there were like Tony Abbott. I think Pauline Hanson was there. I mean, oh, on. actually, did they have anyone from overseas attend this one? Yeah, I I, yeah, I'm not sure, but it was a pretty dodgy um, comedian there um, that I heard some horrible. As you you were talking about racist tropes before. It was, yeah. Yeah. Some, yeah. Okay. Really. Yeah. yeah he really made horrible. some really um, horrible remarks about closing the gap. And I think mm -hmm. uh, was yeah. it was it Gary Johns who made some um, terrible remarks about um, welcomes to country. Like just, just yeah. horrible racist stuff. Yeah. You yeah. Know? yeah. Yeah. yeah um, it was. It was. So... But, but we will move on from there. Uh, Wincy, you want yeah, to talk? Yeah. Yeah. I was, yeah. was going to um, move on to the next bit, which was um, sort of follows on from gatherings and things like that uh what what are citizens assemblies and how do they benefit um society i guess yeah so citizens assemblies are typically um like a loose definition for some form of um like non-political party mediated representation um so they they're typically supposed to be people who are not necessarily affiliated with a political party um, and the most usual way that people are selected for a citizens assembly is through sortition which is a form yeah. of random sampling just imagine jury duty but instead of sitting on a jury you sit on um, a deliberative citizens body assembly. Oh, yeah, right. citizens assembly, right? Yeah. yeah so, okay, um, yeah. and and so for for you know for your listeners that were interested in those um, constitutional changes in Ireland around abortion mm. and uh, gay rights, they were the product of a, of 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 a, these deliberative citizens assembly style things. And in the Irish case, um, yeah, these are really well these, these were really well run processes where essentially what what happened was is that they they were given a specific question. I think in the first instance it was abortion and that was because the political system was simply unable to resolve this. Like, um, you know, 
the the the, the main that's basically two big parties in Ireland a couple more now but um they you know they couldn't they just couldn't get past the sort of the way interests are organized within those parties and and how that links to the Catholic Church and how mm. that links to voter perceptions about what yeah, is actually true. acceptable right what what we can even discuss and put on the table and you can see examples of that in Australian politics um all the time right like you mm. know can we really get rid of the stage three catch catch tax cuts you know like chivalrous basically you yeah. know um, yes like, yes maybe, we can yeah exactly <laughs> native hearing and so on and so forth and you know they're not the best example because I have been contentious lately, but you know, I I can't think of another one right now. Um, no, no, I understand yeah. that. But I've I've heard that I've heard it been um, talked about in in a, a quite deliberative um, uh, sort of positive um, process for for something to be happening in Parliament. I, I've heard it on quite a few uh, podcasts and read it in some articles. They keep talking about a citizens' assembly, so that's why I suppose I've been particularly uh, interested in in what they actually want to start. What are they trying to change? That yeah, mm. yeah, I yeah, guess yeah. Every, I guess every assembly is different. They have their own agenda, or the group of people decide we'll talk about this, and then once it's discussed, they move on to another one. Is that sort of how? Well, how yeah. It works? So the, the biggest. So in typically they are set up as specific uh, bodies to deal with a specific issue, and then like experts are drawn in and a lot of care is made and attention is given to making sure that you know the full spectrum of positions are fully represented and weighted they also tend to allow deliberation time i.e you meet on a you meet one weekend and then you meet a month later and then you meet a month later so people have time to think and digest and and the the idea is actually to try to change a cohort within that group's mind on an issue by by presenting them information in good faith so it's not necessarily a persuasive exercise it's an information based exercise and that's sort of what happened with the because i mean in ireland i think abortion support was either the public was either close to 50 50 or it might have even just been a majority against right Mm. but a a portion of the population was basically persuaded by this process and it was such a big deal and such a big issue in ireland that it was like the kind of thing that people paid a lot of attention to Mm. um and so you know this has been tried in australia at the local government level most typically um i think there is one in, in in victoria but you know like issues around like Issues that cause problems all the time, right? like parking or planning or, or, or mm. whatever. Yeah. Um, and there have been other sort of deliberative experiments. Like, so there's one that's being, that was actually, yeah, currently underway in Canberra around climate change, I think. Um, okay. And ah, the, the, right, the independently, so the non-factional um, Alicia Payne, she's a mm-hmm. non-faction member of Labor. Um, has basically committed to participating in this deliberative forum Mm. and then taking whatever, like, outcome that the Canberra-based group decides on to her party room, which is pretty much the most that um, someone in a political party can probably realistically commit to like she can't bind Labor, right, she's not a minister, um, and also, like, whoa, the implications for that and the Labor Party and the way the pledge works, just oh, mind-blowing. Mm. Um, um, and, and, and the idea is I think that group 
um, uh, bugger, I've forgotten their name, which is really bad. They they are, I think they also are either looking for a liberal or have actually found one and they're working on the what question they'll work on and right. in that local area, yeah, sort of under the same um, model. And the, the idea is the reason why citizens' assemblies are considered desirable is um, basically because people are not always convinced that that parliament is doing a good job of mm. representing everyday citizens. Yep. And look, on one level, that's true. Um, like if you just look at the we, – we know a lot about who politicians are compared to who they used to be and they are more professional. Like, they, mm. you know, they're just less likely to be a train driver, for example. Yeah. You know, an expulture yeah. or something, yeah. Mm. Exactly. And yeah. um, and so um, – and they are more – you know, they're just, they're just more likely to come from – the middle class they're more likely to have gone to university like and so um that's going to shape the world view and i think it's sort of why someone like jackie, jackie lambie um is so um so has such cut through mm-hmm. uh, it's not just the way she talks it's also the substance of what she says like sometimes she is the only person speaking to something um with lived experience you know yeah that was um, my, my comment yeah she's got yeah, lived experience sorry. yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> which which is, you know, yeah which is not i mean like i mean they have like for example there was a an ex lib um uh, from wa i mean who had been homeless though i'm not sure he had made a big deal of it like as in rhetorically um mm. you know um so it's it's not it's it's not true to say that there's like a you know, there's a political class and, you know, they're all evil or anything like that. Mm. But that's sort of, I guess, um, like one of the reasons why citizens' assemblies are seen as attractive because parliaments are not doing a very good job of of being representative and that's because Mm. parties are not doing a very good job of recruiting broadly. And it's a recognition that parties are unlikely to regain that capacity because of the way society has changed Mm. and the way parties have changed. Yeah. So, yeah. so it's a bit like a uh, a political TEDx. Yeah, I, I still think it's better to think of it as jury duty. Jury you know, duty. yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> you are sort of randomly selected yeah. from the yeah. population, um, asked to sort of serve um, in good faith. Mm. Uh, yeah, because it's you know, like a certain type of person wants to go to TEDx. Yeah. 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 Yes. No. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, what I, I was really uh, interested um, in is uh, the one nation vote. The one nation vote in this um, uh, country, I think, is like three or four percent or something. How on earth, with a vote as low as almost the percentage of Indigenous in this country, how can they have a representative in Parliament anywhere? I don't get it. I don't understand. How is it possible? What have we done to allow this? The voting system concentration, right? So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, um, look, look, I mean, this is the product of uh, a proportional representation system. And so there's lots of people out there who would like um, Australia to, in the lower house, for example, to adopt a proportional uh, representation system. And, and, um, and, you know, you know what? Um, You would probably get far better representation for the Greens in the lower house, but you also get a UAP person and you'll get a One Nation person, right? Yeah. Um, But how? I I don't get it. How? So so if you think about it, like they are elected though, but like so if you think about the Senate, we'll use the Senate uh, as an example. It's state-based constituency. It's a list-based system and it's a quota. So so even if you say you get um, 
you know, 5% of the primary um, vote, uh, you know, that's getting you um, quite a long way towards a quota. Then there's also like there's like millions of those crazy little parties like the marijuana party and the pirate party, mm, and, you know, blah, yeah. blah, blah. So they all get slowly eliminated and a portion of those votes Goes will go to, to One Nation. Yeah. And eventually One Nation will clock over to 14% if it's a double disillusion election, which is when Pauline and... Um, Oh, yeah, and the, yeah, no, that happened earlier. Um, oh, oh, I've forgotten her, Malcolm Roberts. They got uh, two right. that time. Yeah. That's because the quota was 7%, right? And one was from Queensland and one was from New South Wales. And 7% is so much more achievable. So it's so when you've got like a single constituency, which is what the Senate is, it's a single constituency that is divided up by proportionality, not strict proportionality, but a type of proportionality. Mm-hmm. Therefore, you don't need geographical concentration. Right. So and it's almost a gerrymander. That's sort of the no, way. No, no, it's not. It's just a, no, no, no. That's the wrong <laughs> lesson to draw from this. No, no. It's it's just a different way of thinking about representation. And if you think about it, actually, this is far more representative than mm-hmm. what we do in the lower house, you know, because okay like you know um there's just let's just throw out numbers here but like there might be three percent of the population that really wants to legalize weed and four uh, percent of the population that wants to vote for Port Pauline Hansen. they exist and mm. you know Pauline Hansen has name recognition and that is why that is actually the other reason why she is able to get more votes it's no accident the party's yeah. called Pauline Hansen's One Nation and, yeah. you know, why it has been so much more successful than the Liberal Democrats or Australian Conservatives or mm. a bunch of other right-wing, family first. UAP. Other, yes. UAP, yeah, which is yeah. still a hilarious name. Like, um, <laughs> for those, most people would not know this, but the UAP was the party that predated the Liberal Party. And this party folded um, in part because it lost its majority on the floor the House yeah. of Representatives, but yeah. it collapsed because it was seen to be in the sort of um, grip of the the moneyed men of Melbourne, as it was known as the time, uh, right? The bankers, as uh, the depression, of course, right? And so it's actually deep, I, I'm deep irony, which I think Clive Palmer is aware of. <laughs> he would then rename his party the United Australia Party, as he is a plutocrat. <laughs> determined to spend his money influencing Australian elections. So, yeah, exactly. Um, So there's some nerd trivia for you. But, yeah, no, it's a function of the electoral um, system. So, um, yeah, if you're going to have proportionality, then you're going to have a wider spectrum of of views. Um, The lower house is kind of geared towards effectively efficiency. It aggregates Mm. votes into into two and a bit blocks. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So um, we were speaking, I think, last time regarding the Integrity uh, Commission that's meant to be starting up uh, at the time. Mm-hmm. It's yep. now, I, be, I believe, started. Uh, how are we going? What, where are we with the Integrity Commission? Do we have uh, many cases for them to look at at the moment? Uh, what's the priority ones? Yeah, I don't, actually don't think that the they have announced any investigations. I, I imagine, I mean, I know like on like, you know, day one or two, they, they received like 60 public 
submissions, um, which I think they were a little bit alarmed about um, in a mm. way because they're, they're worried about the perception of politicisation and there was a bit of political argy-bargy between the two major parties, which I think the Prime Minister rightly tried to sort of pour some cool water on, like, you know, we really should not get into the business of basically referring each other to the knack um, mm. because it would just become the thing you do you know the us um, that's what that's what it will become the us yeah yeah um, and 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 yeah. and and the um commissioner um whose name escapes me um has um come out and and sort of said um oh i think we're perfectly um capable of um of, of working out our own so you know i mean i think it will be actually interesting to see what they pick as their first case and it it may actually be something that is quite a bit more benign and 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 like technical because they they might want to be seen to be um fair and impartial but the other thing that is kind of going on in this space is um there's a sort of bill before the parliament which is supposed to be like in part a response to the 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 sort of robo debt royal commission and the other kinds of scandals that had happened like the sports rorts and the community health one and Mm. The uh, there was one more uh, the right. multiple ministries. Oh yes, uh, of course. yes, <laughs> so that the, could the, be possible for you. Yeah. Well, the so the the issue actually that's good that you raised the car park one because it's actually an important distinction. So, the multiple ministries, robo debt, uh, sports rorts, and community health, whatever that one was called, they all actually had a, a, a problem around legal advice, the provision of legal advice, the the mm. bureaucracy failing to administer or alert or act upon administrative advice. The car park one is just regular old pork. It's crap, but it's not actually, um, it's not pointing to um, like a serious crisis in the public service doing its job of upholding the rule of law. Law. When you put it like that, that's actually really scary yeah and, yeah, and no, i mean it's yeah. very scary and i mean some of the things like some of the weeds things around the robo debt stuff right you know which probably escaped um public scrutiny was that like uh so one of the things that the department was doing was like not appealing any administrative tribunal ruling that said this was an illegal scheme so by appealing it it would then escalate to the next level of it basically become a public document. So they would let anything that the Administrative Tribunal Commission said had been a legal slide and they would let that debt go. And then when the cases started going to the federal court, um, the department would basically re-examine, or Centrelink, would re-examine that person's case and decide that their debt was zero. So the court would be like, well, why am I looking at this? It's, it's zero. And so the reason why that case that eventually did make it to the court was um, actually got there and therefore became a matter of public record was because it was actually over the way that money had been repaid in that case has it was garnished from her tax return or her taxes by the ATO and even though that money had all been refunded there was the question of the interest owed to her um on the money that she didn't get to use and so that that is actually what that case turned on so so it's it was not just that the department like like said something was illegal and then said that it was not illegal by you know changing some names and parameters um you know um 
it was that they 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 misled the ombudsman who then led a inquiry into the robo debt scheme in 2016 they um were looking instead of taking the administrative tribunals rulings as a warning flag of like great risk to the commonwealth they were engaging in potential illegal activities they found ways to pretend they didn't know it was there right Ooh. effectively and then they um Try, like basically their response to all legal proceedings was to find ways to never see it see the light of day right so you can kind of see that this is actually the mother like, of all cover-ups yes mm. and that and yeah. that at each each stage there's actually a failure to uh, to be res like to apply law and to actually be responsive um to to law you know and this bill before the parliament um, which is supposed to start like addressing some of these things, basically doesn't address any of the kind of core problems around why robo debt occurred, right? Like there's some, um, like it, it's it's basically fluff. Um, and the government has said that, well, this is just the first stage of, um, you know, our response to this, but it's not clear what they intend to do more and if this is it then actually they haven't meaningfully changed any of the incentive structures that have allowed for that like you know they're, they're inserting kind of like meaning, meaningless things like we should have um you know we should have all public service be responsible for stewardship of the public service values when really what is needed is in some cases there actually needs to be a reinsertion of clear rules and guidelines about what information must be recorded and where and you know mm. we need to we need to rethink the role of political staff like they actually need to be brought into the accountability framework um yeah. you know they, 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 yeah it's just uh, yeah i mean look honestly we could we could and i know you <laughs> go, go, go on about this for hours because it, it is definitely that's uh, such a hot topic it is yeah. a hot topic and it, and it is so yeah. complex and it has destroyed so many uh, people's lives. But with that, we will say thank you so much for being with us, Maria. My it's, pleasure. Um, delightful and insightful as always. Always learn stuff. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. We really, really appreciate your time and uh, we look forward to you coming back soon. So thanks very much. And we'll uh, keep uh, listening to you on Democracy Sausage, everyone. That's where yeah. you can hear Maria very often. Ah, well done. Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks again. See you later. All right. Thank you so much. Bye. Take care. Hey, this is Hannah Melville Ray from the Australian Institute. I'm listening to the new blurt with Wensi and the Kegster, and you should be too. It's on Tuesday nights, live from around 8 p.m. Hi, it's Ashley Pizzamay here, and you're listening to the new blurt with Wensi and Kegster. And that means it's a homework sting, and I did have a bit of homework to do. So if anyone follows... remind us, or do you want me to say yeah. what it was? Yeah, no, you do it. It's all good. Yep. Your homework from last week's show was, are skinks afraid or scared of snakes? I think you mean blue-tongued lizards. Or blue-tongued lizards. Very, very specific. So... Are they afraid of snakes? Well, this is, as usual on this program, a very controversial question. <laughs> and I know we've already gone an hour and 11 on this potty. It's a, it's a bit of a long one, but it's a good one. And I don't want to elongate it too much more. So I will just go through this quite quickly. 
Do blue tongue lizards attract snakes? Blue tongue lizards are prey species for some snakes. So it's possible that if you have a blue tongue lizard, as whence I did mm-hmm. in your yard, there No, also... it was in the house, not in the yard. It was in the house just here. Well, that's even worse. <laughs> that's even worse. There also may be a snake. Now, that oh. being that being said, <laughs> just hold your, hold your horses, hold your horses. Um, hold your right, horses I'm going to stand up and just go on my <laughs> just, get... <laughs> just hold your horses, Wednesday. Uh, okay. That being said, many people have said blue tongues or rats and mice, which are also prey species for snakes in their garden or shed for years, and they've never seen a snake. Right. All right. But what I will say is this, because the question was, and I remember we spoke about it, are they scared of snakes? What's the situation with blue tongues compared to snakes, et cetera? Well, I've got a bit of information here, and it's quite interesting. So Associate Professor Brian Fry, who heads the UQ's Venom Evolution Lab, said the results also revealed that monitor lizards or goannas were not resistant to snake venoms. Now, you think that a goanna would be significantly resistant to the venom, the snake it was hunting and eating, but that is not the case. So if a goanna gets um, shafted by a snake, i.e. something like a, a tiger snake or a brown snake or something like that, they're probably not long for this world because what happens is they coagulate their blood and they die. Mm. So that's that's what the venom does. Now, unfortunately, that's what it does to us as well. We need to get off to hospital pretty damn fast. But the good news is this, especially with goannas, because they're so heavily armoured, their scales act like medieval chainmail. So they can't even pierce them. Right. So not a big problem for them not to have a, a venom issue uh, with um, uh, with snakes. Now... Getting back to the um, original question, which was uh, blue tongues in particular, there has been a study in 2021 that said blue tongues have a resistance. Doesn't mean they're 100% resistant to, but they have a resistance, a level of resistance to the red-bellied black snake's venom. Oh, wow. Yes. So it gives them just enough time to get them out of there um if if they've been bitten or something yeah. so yes that's the situation with the blue tongue um they're beautiful beautiful lizards and um yes no they can 100 percent. so if it was a tiger snake they'd be gone because mm, it's only yeah it, yeah they've it's it's the red bellied um Red-bellied uh, black snake, in particular, mm. specifically. Not sure why exactly, mm, but that's the way it is. And then their other prey is, you know, um, uh, falcons and um, you know, kookaburras, all that sort of stuff. Mm. So interesting. Yeah. Um, now, you you mentioned um, that where there's a uh, blue tongue, there's snakes. Yeah. The following day. Oh God. Kim and Elijah were traveling back from somewhere nearby and just maybe 100 meters down the road, they saw something at a crossroad section, so literally about two or 300 meters away. Uh, something was in the middle of the road on the, on the, on the road, so it was a hot day, um, mid-morning, and they stopped 
It'd be sunning itself for sure. And went around, and sure enough, it was a car- it was a carpet snake just sitting there in the sun. <laughs> so yes, I think I believe you that wherever the the yeah the blue tongue is, you might find a snake nearby. Yes, you may, you may. But so, uh, carpet snakes is cool though. They they don't hurt us yeah. at all in any way, shape, or form. No, no we, showed, we showed that video last week. I think it was that big four meter one that was somewhere here in Queensland, going yes. over the roof into the yes. trees. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Just be careful with if you've got any cats because you won't have any. Yes. So just just be careful with that. Yeah. If it's brown or black, stay away from it. Yes, that's exactly right. That's a hundred percent right. Um, and with that, it's over to you, Wentai, for next week's show. All right, thank you for doing that homework. Um, it's always fun to no get worries. some homework, not always, but it is. Uh, but yes, no, thank it's you. always good to learn more. No. Um, on next week's show, we will be doing Blurt on Society, where we will have Mark Pacitti from Dancing with the Black Dog. We've had him on before, and next. Thursday, so Thursday week, 14th of September is AUIK Day. So we will have Mark two days on and we will be talking to him about men's mental health and generally anything really. Um, soccer, who knows, football. I'm not sure if he's a AFL supporter, but um, we'll ask him perhaps if we remember. Well, and yeah, he's, he's, he's a Melbourne boy. He's a Melbourne boy. Melbourne boy, but he's wow. Scottish with Italian ancestry. So oh, right. I'm Probably guessing he's. The <laughs> yes, possibly, possibly. Doesn't mean we won't have him on the show again if if he is a blue supporter. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Uh, we've got a good mate in Melbourne who is also a blue supporter. Oh, yes, true. But it's um, sort of really only for his son, to be honest. Ah, uh, fair enough. And um, speaking of footy, go Pies for this Thursday, I think it is. Oh, yes, yes absolutely. Yes. yes, definitely. Yes, go Pies. Absolutely. Go pies. I, should have, I should have played the damn, um, <laughs> should have had the damn uh, sting up on. I forgot. Oh, yes. And congratulations, Collingwood, getting more members, uh, I think, than anyone ever. 107,000, just under 107,000 members. Over nice. 10 million people watched them on TVs this year. Um, easily the most watched club, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So all of that is great, but we need to win. Thursday night against Melbourne. Yes. With that, before we go, next week we'll have Mark Presidi exactly as Vinci just said. We'll have Trump Watch and we'll also have um, uh, Joke of the Week as well. So join us. Yes, Joke of the Week. So bring your jokes, people. Yes, absolutely. Anyone who uh, rings in has a joke and it's funny, we'll play it. So Mm. all good, all good. Yours are usually better than ours. So, um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> thanks thanks for joining us Wentzy as usual magnificent stuff I will see you next week we'll see you next thank week thank you Kexter you... and thank you Dr Maria absolutely thank you very very much Dr Maria as I said you could see her on Democracy Sausage you can also see she's got lecture um, videos on YouTube so just look up uh, Maria like just she's just a very very interesting person to listen to if you want to know anything about politics or sort of the history of politics etc the lecture I was listening to just recently really really interesting gives you a whole fundamental background of uh, how politics started and all the rest of it in Australia so it's pretty, pretty Anyway, we will go. We've been here for a while. Thanks very much. All right. See everyone. Body will be out on Monday as usual. See you later. Bye. 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 Bye.
Wentzy and Kickstart, usually on a Tuesday evening. You can catch us on all the socials, as they say, the Blurt YouTube channel. We have a Twitter Blurt handle, and there is a Blurt Star Facebook page as well. So, if you're interested in getting getting in touch, it's uh, blurtstar at gmail.com, 
and we will get back to you as soon as we can if you've got any questions. Until next week, there'll be another feed coming at you. Has been a Get Off The Glass Productions, brought to you by Wincy and Gangster.